welcome and welcome back to the podcast I've been meaning to watch that. I am your host, Monica, and I am joined again by another awesome guest this week. We have a returning guest. Guys, everyone say hi to JJ. Hi, Hi, my name is JJ. (laughs) Guys, my friend, he's a YouTuber, he's a streamer, he's an all-around funny man. And yeah, we're going to be sitting here chatting. We're going to talk about Gravity Falls today, guys. One of my favorite shows. One of the best shows ever to air. But before we get into Gravity Falls, we're going to start with our segment, Can't Wait to Watch. We're going to talk about movies and TV shows that we can't wait to watch that are coming out soon. And one movie that I can't wait to watch that is kind of like I'm apprehensive to watch it, but I'm also excited to watch it, is a movie called Bones and All. It's directed by Luca, I don't know how to say his last name, but essentially he was the director of, uh, 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 what was it? What was it? The Peach movie. Call me by your name. Call me by your name. Ah. Yes. I truly feel like that director and Timothy Chalamet, they are like two kindred spirits. You know, there's always a director and like an actor and like, they have like a strong duo. It's like Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro. It's like uh, Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan. And now recently it's Jordan Peele and Daniel Kaluuya. You know, there's just like, there's the director and the pair. The director is the actor. And I feel like Luca and Timothy Chalamet, they've become that pair. And I'm excited for Bones and all, but it's also like, a cannibal movie like it is fully a cannibal movie and the director's already like swatted away accusations of it being compared to like army hammer and all of his accusations but you can't kind of look huh. away from it really because like he was in yeah. your breakout movies so like you know it's like it's not your fault but like we can't help but draw comparisons you know what i mean yeah yes um are you excited do you think there should be more cannibal content out there? No. And let me <laughs> tell you why. Okay. Because if you produce too much content on things and people are actually, sometimes people actually feel encouraged to try them out. For example, um, we, all, we all know about the, um, <clears throat> the anime watchers, right? Yeah. Need I say more? <laughs> I mean... No, no, you, you guys don't understand. She's actually just a three, she's actually a 3,000 year old Dragon, guys, come on. It, it's fine. She's, she's not actually... No, no, no. Please do not clip that out of context. Oh my gosh, that is going to be clipped out of context. What show are you talking about, and in what context? Because I need that context. Okay, so, basically, in a lot of shows, right, there'll be, like, a child, right, that's unnecessarily sexualized, and people will excuse it by saying, no, it's fine, because this is actually the personification of a thousand year old spirit and uh, i'm just like or dragon or something and it's been questionable mm-hmm. it will remain questionable mm-hmm. and there are no it's questionable at best without any answers yeah um, yeah i don't know what kind of anime you're watching because i only i'm watch- not watching anime because i'm trying to avoid that oh yeah okay i mean the only anime yeah. i really watch is like demon slayer and I've started That's fair. JoJo's Bizarre Behavior, Bizarre Adventure. Adventure. And I started um, Cowboy Bebop 2 because my brothers are watching it, so I want to watch it too, so we have something in common. But that's interesting. So Wait, I got a question. Do you think that, that the Boondocks is an anime? I think the Boondocks can be considered an anime. I don't think that it's like, you know, 
Is that strange? Like, hmm. I think I would consider the Boondocks anime. Sorry, this is a fly I... in my room. It's killing me. It's... Nah, nah, I, I, I get it. If there's a fly in my room, I would currently be um in war mode. <laughs> Ready to take it down. So... Yeah, or else. Like, a couple of summers ago, um, one day I just woke up and there were so many flies on my wall near my window. Like, right next to my bed. I My skin still crawls thinking about it. But, like, my dad and I had to get out the vacuum and just start, like, going, eh. Like, it's a shop vacuum. We, like, got the, we got the end of it. And we started just moving it through the air and sucking them up. It was, there were a solid few pounds of flies in there when we were done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't recommend it. I would recommend cleaning your room. From what I can see, you need to do that. Nah, my brother's just home from school right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's his stuff. Okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, Blame the sibling, sure. As an older sibling, it is my right. Mm. It is my God-given right Go ahead. to blame him for whatever I want to. And also, <laughs> go ahead. What? No, go and ahead. And also, it's it's true. He did just come back from school yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Now, where was I? Oh yeah, I don't think the Boondocks is an anime. All right, continue. And the reason that I think that is partially because it was animated in, by Western Studios, but also I think that there just aren't quite as many hallmarks. Like something that you'll notice about anime is that like um. They pay a lot of attention to like synchronizing the mouth movements to the dialogue, and I think the Boondocks doesn't do as much of that. Number one and number two, it has more active shots than like the static narration over like two or three frames of animation, just panning across the shot to save money. It does more than that, and that is why I don't think the Boondocks is an anime. I am gonna be honest and say that. I've seen the Boondocks. I've watched the Boondocks. I haven't watched a lot of anime. That's just why I drew that opinion, to be honest. No, that's fair. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to say something that I was excited to watch, right? Yes, <laughs> you can mention something you're excited to watch. I'm sorry, that took like 10 minutes to get to. Um, it's fine. Abbott Elementary. I need to oh watch the new season. Oh my gosh! It's so good. It's so good. I love it. I think that it's still like wholesome and funny i'm really glad there are more wholesome tv shows now because there was a long time when like just about every tv show that was kind of popular or well known was like kind of dark and mysterious but like had like was it's just like kind of serious you know what i mean like yeah no like i get that the best part about abbott elementary is that like it's real for, as per my sources, and from what I've seen, no, it's it's legitimately based on what happens in the lives of elementary school teachers. Yeah, and I love yeah. that Abbott Elementary is coming out and it's gaining popularity around the same time shows like um, What We Do in the Shadows, Ted Lasso, you know, other shows that are just wholesome and funny and good. And shows that you can sit down and watch in one sitting, and you don't really have to think that much. You can just enjoy them. And we should have more shows like this. And I'm glad that it's getting like a 22 episode run because Quinta Brunson really has killed it with the show. Because she has had like several pilots that have gone greenlit but have not made it to television. And for Alabama yeah. to be the one 
that got there and she also made Emmy winning history and then Cheryl Lee Ralph who has been on television for years she has been on television longer than her children have been alive she's one of the original yep. dream girls and she finally got an emmy like that is an amazing feat and i can only wish that like more shows like abbott elementary are made or at least given a chance to like breathe and grow and are able to just like have a strong fan base you know and not get held by the network yeah because so many times like cable networks and also streaming services don't allow shows to have the time to like grow a fan base and be on their um, streaming platforms and really just draw in you know consumers like so many times they just want to like green light these shows that are just reality tv shows or like there have been a lot more books to television adaptations which i'm okay with you know, it's a lot more well thought out and well more well done than like that weird craze of YA books being turned into movies to try and follow the hype of like Hunger Games with Divergent and then like all the other shows that came after it and like died away and did it stand the test of time. And then all the weird like, I sure do remember being in middle school for those. There were a lot of like um the Fault in Our Stars spin offs. Like there was one with Cole Sprouse there was what like there were a lot of weird like just like why is this a movie like why did we create this and now people are trying to like Wattpad Studios is a thing and now fan fictions are becoming movies and like these studios are trying so hard to get the young like young people to come to movie theaters to get young people's attention to get them to come in and watch these movies and bring their dollars in and get their parents credit card information like they're trying so hard to attract this audience with terrible content and there are people like quinta who are bringing in amazing stories and they're grabbing everyone's attention not just young people but a lot of people yeah. like shows so it just shows that original stories still matter and the original stories still bring in real dollars and real viewers like if it's something good chances are people are actually going to are actually going to watch it yeah like we don't need like let's just have fun again you know what i mean like let's go back to like watching mm -hmm. tv shows and having fun because that's that's what i want to see more often you know like mm -hmm. i remember when the good place came out and it was such an amazing show because obviously it's created by the same guy who i think did parks and rec like michael mike sure i think that's his name he's a person that created I've heard it. that name yeah like he is very very talented at what he does he's amazing um you know television producer but yeah yeah he did do Parks and Recreation. He did Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Office, and The Good Place. And sometimes it's better to have newer stories than have, like, yeah. I don't want to shit on this show, per se, but, like, we don't need another Pretty Liar spinoff. We don't need another prequel seasons. We don't need that. Like, newer things are better. You know, you gotta give things a chance to grow. Like, first kill on Netflix, and then there was, um, crap. There's a show on Netflix that was based, uh, Resident Evil, that show as well. Like, a second season would have made that show stick around and, like, gotten a lot more people to watch it. It would have, but... Oh, no, here's the thing about, like, Netflix originals, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever I saw I, there's a season one and it's actually good, I'm like, 
Oh no. I don't watch the whole thing until season two comes out because mm-hmm. Netflix keeps on canceling things at a moment's notice. And like I like with Disenchantment, that's my favorite show. I'm pretty sure I went on at length about it last time I was on the podcast. <laughs> but like every single time I finish an up ep- I finish a season, they're like ratcheting up the stakes, ratcheting up the tension, the drama. And I'm pretty sure they have something good in mind, but like I'm but like every time I read their reviews and their views are like yeah, this shit, they're like complaining that it's not Futurama, but in medieval times. And I'm like, it makes me get worried because like, what happens if it gets canceled? I'm going to be very upset. I'm not going to be the only person either. Oh, yeah. One other thing. What are your thoughts on Rick and Morty? I have not watched Rick and Morty. A bunch of people have recommended it to me because it does fall in line with a lot of other shows that I like, like Futurama and my friend Claudia told me it's a lot like Doctor Who, which I can see how it's like that. And I know that Gravity Falls and like um, Rick and Morty are kind of similar. I also know that there's like an Easter egg in one of the Rick and Morty yeah. episodes where like a mug, a pen, and a journal falls out of the portals, which is connected to like an episode that's sad. Yeah. Where he was like trying to build a portal machine. And I know that the creators of Rick and Morty and Gravity Falls, they're friends. So that's also connected mm-hmm. to. I just haven't gotten around to watching it mainly because, like, some of the inter- Im- imagery is, like, very, like, I don't know how to say it, gross to me. And it also feels like oh, a full yeah, show. Yeah. It feels like one of those shows for people who don't shower, you know? And I want to get okay, into it, but... So, here's the thing. The people that don't shower are the ones that misunderstand the show. Mm-hmm. If you talk to somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, I love Rick and Morty. I wish I was like Rick. Run. Yeah, Run away. it's like people who watch BoJack Horseman and want to, like, they like BoJack. Like, they relate to BoJack, but not in a way of, like, oh, I'm a bad, I think I am, like, they look at themselves and look at their mental health. They relate to BoJack and they're like, oh my gosh, he's just so, he's so misunderstood. It's like, no, BoJack is the bad guy. He's the bad guy, you know? Like, he's trying to be better, like, but he's the bad guy. I couldn't get past the title sequence, because when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is, this is way too real. Or what, Bojack? Yeah, like the like the opening where he just like oh, every day yeah. just goes by the exact same. Yeah, yeah, that was. I started I'm doing better now. I'm doing better now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been rewatching Bojack Horseman. I fall on and off of rewatching it because it becomes my comfort show at times. And when it becomes my comfort show, that's when I realize, like, I'm going to start drinking water, going to bed at time, and working out because something is wrong. I should not be okay. watching this show. For a second, I was getting, I was gonna get, when she said drink, I was like, <laughs> and he said water, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, like, sorry, go ahead. As much as I love that show, and I love, like, the writing and the director, directed direction, and, like, all the people a part of BoJack, my fixation on it is uh, a sign that, like, <laughs> girl, something wrong. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Like, but like, yeah, Rick and Morty don't engage with the fan base. Mm-hmm. We don't engage with fan bases over here. But like, the show itself mm-hmm. is a critique. Like, I'll, I'll say, I'll say this much: the show itself is a critique mm-hmm. of Rick's attitude of nothing matters and his um, just oh, I'm gonna be a bad, I'm gonna be a bad person to other people because it doesn't matter. And like. As the seasons go on, you will see some very good character development. 
Yeah, that's that's all I'm gonna say. I definitely believe you. Like, I feel like I do need to give it a chance. I'm just not in a place right now where like watching new shows is uh, it doesn't fit into my schedule, so to speak. Yeah, you know, like I'm I have. No, go ahead. Sorry. The place, to be clear, is the United States of America. Like, have y'all seen outside? There's no time for entertainment. We're stressed. I can't even watch the news anymore. There's just too much going on. Every day. It's too much. Always will be. Honestly, that's valid. Like, I get not want- I get wanting to disconnect yourself from the fire hose of everything all of the time. I've started watching um, D&D again because I need a new fixation. And I feel like D&D is like the best fixation I can have because each episode is like three hours long. And I'm like, I can watch one episode a day. And that's how I kind of pace myself through content. Because I used to watch D&D like all day. And I would be playing video games while playing D&D, while watching D&D. And it's just like, this is not something we can do, Monica. This is not adhesive to our schedule. And that's only because I had a job before where, like, I didn't care that much. Like, I was, like, just, uh, I show up and it's whatever. But now I have a job where, like, I have to put my best foot forward. I have to try. I have to, like, actually, like, care. So things are different now. Monica's trying to be better. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that. JJ, is there anything that you're excited to watch that's going out soon? Uh... Well, there was Abbott Elementary. Um, I kind of want to see the Super Mario movie whenever it comes out, but I think that's going to be more of a hate watch. Hmm. I don't know, though. It might not be. I have been seeing people talk about how like the trailer looks good, and they're actually like excited to watch it, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I feel like... We will. Yeah. I personally am just like, there's a lot of things that I can't wait to watch, but there are a lot of things that I still need to watch. Like, I still need to watch Bear on FX, the show with the, um, the guy from Shameless. Have you ever seen Shameless? I have not seen it yet. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I love it so much. Oh. I swear I don't live under a rock. <laughs> Honestly, I, I can't wait. Um, when I say I can't wait, I just need to watch the shows I need to watch. That's literally all I need to do. I'm so... Anyways, um, I think another thing I can't wait to watch is definitely Black Panther, since that's coming out soon. I am excited for that. Oh, shoot. I forgot that was coming out. Have you seen Everything Everywhere all at once? I have not seen it. Don't I want to do like a, a Discord watch party? Like I want. Oh get my gosh! <laughs> you need to see it. <laughs> I feel like that's a show. I that's something I have to watch with other people. I don't want to watch by myself. So it's definitely something I would want to watch in a, like a Discord watch party if I could like figure out a way to like get some people into the Discord server, schedule a time, and just like we all watch it together. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's um. Millennials just keep on making movies where the parents yes. are Yes. Listen, listen. So all starting filmmakers out there and TV writers, producers, whatever it is, I need you to stop bringing your therapy sessions into this content 
okay? I came here to have a good time. I didn't come here to cry. I didn't come here to have a mental breakdown. I didn't come here to have an existential crisis and think about my life and my place and how my parents are just people and how me as a person is carrying on the generational trauma that they were trying to break and they didn't even realize it because they're just trying to live their life the best that they can and raise us the same way their parents raised us even though their parents were screwed up anyways. Like, I don't need to have a, like, 30, uh, a, a two-hour mind at the movie theater. I'm here to have a good time. I, I disagree. I I only cry like once or twice a year, so um it's helpful. Gosh. Oh, I'm also excited to watch um Do Revenge because everyone's been talking about that movie. And I do have to say, it looks very interesting, so I think I'm gonna check it out, you know, see what it's giving. Yeah. Definitely. There's no harm in looking. And I also do, I really do enjoy when, like, something comes out on Netflix or any streaming service, and it's, like, actually good. Like, people are talking about it, and they watch it, and they, like, actually like it. That's when I'm like, okay, I'll give it a chance then. I'll see what it's giving. Because the one thing about, one thing people don't know is that Amazon Prime has a lot of teen shows and, like, movies, like, romance yeah. and, like, ones around them. And those are a lot better than the Netflix ones. It's just that I don't feel like a lot of people, not as many people have Amazon Prime as they do, as they have Netflix subscriptions. And, like, I know Amazon, big bad guy, big bad. We get it. Jeff Bezos, right? But Prime Video really does have good content. What the fuck is behind me? Oh, fuck me. Why? Oh, fuck. What the fuck is that? Is that a moth? Oh, fuck. It was like a baby centipede. What the fuck? I see. So, so that's how y'all get down down south, oh huh? Oh my god, please. <laughs> Listen, I had no plans to move down below, to move down below like Philadelphia. I'm going to stay my north behind up here. I need to cut that out of the podcast. I can't have that. And I can't let people know that. I can't have that in there. Anyways. No, that's valid. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Um, okay. Is there anything else that... What was I talking about? Uh, you, we were ta- you were talking about things that you wanted to see. Yeah. What was I talking about? What was I really talking about? Like, what was I just saying? Uh, I think we were talking about... No, we had moved past movies where the parents apologize. Uh-huh. And, um... You were talking about some other things you want to see upcoming, and then I think it was... This is... And then I think you were talking about what you, uh... What you wanted to see. No, no, no. Then you were talking about what was, uh... In the shot... Okay, you know what? We can just move on then, because I feel like we've run the gamut. But we've kind of talked about what we can't wait to see. Oh, I also want to say, I recently watched Don't Worry Darling, because we all know all the drama surrounding that. And I feel like, I just want to say, like, in regards to the drama, I do think that Olivia was wrong to try and get Shia LaBeouf to come back to the show, to the film, because I think around the same time, that Shia LaBeouf was casted in the film was around the time that, like, the FKA Twigs kind of 
um, FKA Twigs came forward to speak about her abuse from Shia and bring forth all those yeah. allegations. But also, here's the thing about like people in Hollywood. If someone comes forward with abuse allegations about somebody else, usually they have some kind of history of not being a great person. And it doesn't yeah. have to be in like physical abuse or like sexual abuse. Sometimes it's just like their behavior at set and their interactions with other people. Like right now, Brad Pitt is suing his ex-wife Angelina Jolie but there has been a New York Times article that broke out talking about how there was an interaction they had on a flight when he was like harassing her like physically harming her he shook her he shook her head he punched the ceiling of an airplane bathroom which is where they're fighting she got out of the bathroom and then her son tried to defend her and then he like choked the child and like this whole thing became like like the FBI got involved and they wanted to bring charges against him. And then she said, there were no charges brought up against him. But a few days after that happened, she filed for divorce. So that obviously shows that, like, there's been something going on for a while. And this just came to a head. And she did not want to be with him anymore. And it's starting the whole cycle of, like, people looking at Angelina Jolie as, like, this money-hungry, like, woman seeking attention and, like, trying to defame a good man. When there are very clear allegations, like... Let me tell you something. If you're trying to defend a man who was about to be arrested by the FBI, listen, you have your priorities all mixed up. And of course, TMZ is running with the story trying to, like, lead the smear campaign against Angelina Jolie because Brad Pitt is going to sue her because she sold her shares and the uh, winery that they have together, I think. That's what it is. But essentially, it's just showing this pattern that, like, Marilyn Manson is going to come forward, too. Like, he's about to, like, sue Evan Rachel Wood for her allegations against him. And Marilyn Manson has a storied past of sexual he allegations. He was. That is, that is, storied is certainly one way to put it. Um, Listen, all I'm going to say is I'm I'm not going to waste no oxygen, my oxygen defending no white man. Listen, I understand that y'all really like Pirates of the Caribbean, but that really cannot be your comfort movie for all of this to be going on. Like, I get that, like, Brad Pitt is a good actor, but he's not a good person. And people... The thing is about... Like, no, go ahead. The thing about whatchamacallit, um, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp is I really think that neither of them looks good there. Honestly. I feel like neither of them comes across well in the place. And, like, I can't say who started it. I really can't. But I have to say that whatever was going on there it's clearly there was a pattern that needed to be, have been ended a long time ago and like the fact that people turned it into a pr into like a media circus the way it was does a disservice to any and all victims male or female because like on a real level if it's going to be on a real level if somebody seeking justice is going to be oh, this is feminism going too far or somebody else is like haha eat this l women then, like, you've messed up because, like, say, for example, um, say Johnny Depp was not, in fact, the, um, wasn't the, uh, the initiator, like, just as, like, just hype, not, let me not say hypothetically, oh, I sound like Ben Shapiro, but, like, even if it was him, then, like, celebrating his court victory as, like, a loss for women everywhere, that doesn't really do anything for men because, like, you're not, you're not like taking comfort in which you're not like trying to comfort people who are being abused because these are the same people that turn around and be like, 
oh, you're you were fifteen, your teacher had sex with you. Haha, <laughs> nice, nice, bro. Good good stuff. Haha. <laughs> but like and like on a real, I just think that there's why are we turning this into a spectator sport? The thing is is that this could all have been settled not and this could have like the whole thing with Johnny and Amber simply could have not been televised. It's just that Yes. I think that basically him and his PR team wanted to move forward with it being televised because he's on his redemption tour, kind of. And then Shia is on his redemption tour. And Brad Pitt is going to start his as well. And it's this whole thing of rich white men who've been accused of all these allegations, usually of sexual or physical violence. And they want to go back to living the lives they used to live. So they want to turn around and have the people who are you know, alleging these allegations, these people are coming forward with these allegations, they want to turn them into the bad guys, so they look like the good guys, because at the end of the day, a lot of times people are a lot more misogynistic than they think they are, and as long, as much as you can, like, try and, like, you know, it's, it's very disappointing, especially to me, because, like, people look at it, and they kind of see it as drama, or they see it as, like, celebrity gossip. And really, this is something that's going to become a court president that's going to affect everyday people. Like, there are so many things that survivors, sexual assault survivors cannot do simply to protect themselves. Like, a lot of sexual, a lot of sexual assault survivors don't vote because when you vote, your information is public record. And they don't want, like, men who could stalk them or men they're trying to, like, you know, stay away from to find their information on the internet, you know? And all this stuff is just, like, way too complicated, and just, it's just, like, it's very disheartening to see it, because people want to look at it like, oh, these are just rich people, like, fighting each other. Like, no, it's rich people, but it's going to affect everyday people in one way or another, you know? So I think we all need to be cautious, because the way you talk about something you see on television has real life ramifications and the people in your real life relate to it in a way so when they see how you view it they'll understand how you viewed them and even if you're someone who's like oh no no that's not how i actually think that's how i actually think like okay sure but this is someone you don't know with someone you do know it's different because then like people already don't want to come forward with their stories and then when women do come forward with their stories, they're met with all this backlash, all this vitriol. And, like, you could say things like, oh, but they're women who have, like, books. And they have, like, TV shows. And they get awards. And, like, the Golden Globe Awards, like, everyone wore black. Like, yeah, you could say all of that. But in the long run, if you really look at it, it's a lot more difficult to, like, come forward and, to, like, stand in your truth. And it's just easier to kind of just, like, heal on your own without being scared that no one will believe you and then being ostracized from your community because people will rather take the side of the person who hurt you rather than you, the person who's been hurt and the person who's seeking support and seeking healing from the people who should care about them. But Yeah, I feel like it, it happens whenever people come forward. Like, oh, something happened. Like, somebody says something happened to them, no matter who it is, then immediately people rush to put dirt, to toss dirt on that person. Like, Oh, what were you doing? What are you wearing? Why didn't you stop it? Et cetera, et cetera. And like, it's something that needs to stop because I don't, I don't get how that makes sense in the first place. Like how it's like, 
it's like what happens if I go out and I come home and I don't come home because I get shot by the cops or falsely arrested for something. And then it's, oh, you fit the description. Well, you shouldn't have worn a hoodie. You should have worn a different hat. And the crazy part is I do do that. I wear cargo like I wear cargo pants. I dress as dorkily as possible sometimes so that I look like less of a threat. And that's not going to stop, say, a police officer who wants to uh, bring a Negro in from doing that because I fit the description. The description could be five, three light skin and they'll, they'll still come and like, it's like, as an analogy, like if somebody wants to do something or like, if somebody, like if somebody wants to do something, they, they can. And, uh, it's something that I hate being aware of. So I know you hate being aware of it as well. Wow. That, that got really real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> So like, like, hey, you know me, I'm here on tangents. And so, like, I think that, like, stig- like stigmatizing people who come forward with their like, accusations affects everybody. And I don't think that fault, I don't think false accusations are as big of a concern as people make them to be. Because, like, kind of turns your life into a circus. The vast majority of people aren't going to want to go through that for, like, the sake of revenge or anything. In most cases, but like, I think that overall we need to destigmatize people coming forward, male or female, if they get assaulted, because like, it's something that people have to live with. And why should we force people to suffer with that extra fear and when they don't need to? Why aren't like why aren't we going straight to helping people heal? Why is it? Well, clearly this was your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to something easier to talk about. Gravity Falls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It sure does. Guys. Uh, <laughs> guys. Gravity Falls. Let's get into it. Let's talk about us and meet me of a podcast. Gravity Wait, Falls. did I earn us a Huh? Sorry, did I earn us a tr- did I earn us a trigger warning to start the podcast? <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I will have to put that in. I may have to cut out yeah. like, most of that out because we did go into it a little bit, but you know, it's fine. I mean, you could always like add that as like secondary content if you want to. Yeah, we could just edit around yeah. it. You know, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Guys. Gravity Falls is an American mystery comedy anime television series, as described by Wikipedia. It's created by Alex Hirsch for Disney and Disney XD. I'm going to be honest to say, I only watched Gravity Falls on Disney XD because Disney XD was, like, that channel that had, like, the cool Disney shows. You know what I mean? Like, it had, um... That Phineas sh- and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. It had the show, like, Luke. It had the show with the two skater boys. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I remember them so vividly. Wasn't it the guy? Wasn't that guy? Um, um, Adam Hicks on that show. Remember hmm. Adam Hicks, the white boy that rapped in Lemonade Mouth. Oh, Lemonade Mouth. If you said the white boy that rapped, I was gonna have. I was gonna ask if you were talking about Machine Gun Kelly. Oh my gosh, let's not talk about Machine. Actually, let's talk about Machine Gun Kelly for a second. What? Can- <laughs> Wait, no. But seriously, what was that strange surgence of the Machine Gun Kelly popularity? Like, 
how was it that this man, I had always heard him, like, in the background, and I always kind of knew who he was, but, like, when he started dating Megan Fox, suddenly it was, like, it was, like, a whole They're, like, thing. weird in public, and, like, also, he quit rapping. Eminem dissed him, and he quit rapping. Well, that's because he said he wanted to sleep with Eminem's daughter, and, of course, Eminem was like, I, I want you to uh, try me. Try me, little white Listen. Boy. Listen, I'm not going to say that Eminem is black because he's not. I'm just going to say that Mr. Mathers is culturally adjacent, but in a good way. Yeah. For now. that That's always subject to change. But, like, for now, he's culturally adjacent in a good way. Like, Eminem at least kind of knows his place as a white rapper, and he understands the culture. So, you know, we can respect him for that. But uh, Machine Gun Kelly... You know, releasing his album. A lot of people said the album was good. I honestly didn't listen to it. I have not listened to any of his music because I... That's what I think you watch from a distance. Yeah. What a Chad. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, I just know that he does rock now. That he's, like, he does punk music now. I'm like, yeah. well, that's certainly a change. I mean, I feel like it's a change that fits him and his personality, kind of, right? I can agree with that. Yeah. And he also... It's very strange. Like his relationship with Meg with Megan Fox is teetering on like not teetering. It's a bit abusive. Like it's he said once that he wanted her to like the the ring with like the spikes in it, so it hurts for her to remove it. And like I think they both did that. Yeah, and I get that like their interviews are like kind of awkward and strange. Like maybe for our. our like, to them, it may seem like that's just how they talk to each other, and to us, it's, like, cringy. So, of course, you can't really, like, say that much or comment on it that much. But like, sorry, go ahead. There have been some... I forget Things that make you wonder? Yeah, there have been some... There's been some stuff about Machine Gun Kelly that I look at, and I'm like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about this guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't trust him. You know what I mean? He's just a bit... He's just off-kilter. You know? I think that, um... I feel like... Mr. Gun Kelly and Megan Fox... I honestly can't tell if they're, like, doing a bit or if something is actually wrong and we need to get some... And someone needs to have an intervention. Uh, I feel like... The openness in their relationship just kind of adds to, like, the uh, factor that everyone feels towards Machine Gun Kelly. Also, he, like, openly talked about how he had, like, a unalive himself attempt. And that was kind of just like, oh, this is alarming. Like, hope you're okay, but, like, what the heck? Like, Megan, like, are you wait. good? Like, are you good, sis? Let us know. Like, I know you want to be with somebody who cares about you and loves you, but, like, babe, I feel like men have put you through enough now. Like, let us know. Please. I'm concerned. Also, his movie was terrible. Like, he had a movie that came out, and it was just, like, one of the most terribly written films ever. Just boring and meandering and didn't make sense. And a lot of these could have been cut for time. And it just like the best part of the movie was Pete Davidson, but that's just because Pete Davidson is like the only person in the film who was like an actor and like a good one and has comedic timing. You know what I mean? Pete Davidson is the is Staten Island's only highlight. 
Now, I have friends that are from Staten Island. Hmm. One so he friend can say from that. Staten Island. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm allowed. I have Staten Island friend. Yeah. She'd probably agree with me, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Machine Kelly is not... Uh, we'll start talking about Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> I think I'm good on, on that. I yeah, Mr. Gun Kelly is kind of embarrassing. Yes, Mr. Gun Kelly is kind of just very cringe, very gross, very much like, eh, why are you here? Yeah. I only wish yeah. the best for Megan, but I, I know that Michigan Kelly's not the best for her. She could do so much better. Also, I want to say, uh, Mishika Kelly and Megan Fox being invited to Beyonce's birthday party lets me know that the birthday party that all these people went to is a decoy birthday party. I know in my heart that was not the real Beyonce birthday party. I know it for a fact. She just threw that party and had all the white people show up and she had Jay go there and like she wasn't there. I refuse to believe that Beyonce was actually there. You mean to tell me that Beyonce was at a birthday party with Khloe Kardashian, Kim Kardashian, and Tristan Thompson? Why is it they are the only person there that we actually kind of like? Like, what is the Beyonce with there? And it wasn't even Quavo. So you expect me to believe that that's Beyonce's birthday party? Beyonce? Beyonce? Please. Do better. Apparent. You want me to believe that? I don't believe you. And Beyonce, I need you to stop peddling all these Tiffany commercials. Where are the visuals? The album came out at the end of July. I know you have these visuals. You need to stop playing with me. We are waiting until the next summer. For this tour that I probably can't let's go talk on about broke. let's but sorry are the sorry for your loss let's talk about what's going on in the black rapper verse uh Mr Kunye West no 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 listen 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 I was on Facebook and somebody said he's on his menstrual cycle are they, are, are they wrong. So are, are they accurate, wrong? but that's so accurate. Oh my gosh, bro! I do have to say that like, there's so much you can, there's so much you can say, so much you don't want to say about Kanye. Like me personally, I am a Kanye fan, and like it's so much easier to be a Kanye fan when he doesn't do this. It's so much easier because you can just listen to the music and just like ignore the fact that he was like hanging out with Joel Osteen after he didn't let those people in his church during the earth the hurricane that was going through Texas. He could pretend like he wasn't friends with, you know, uh Candace Owens. We could pretend And Dance like... Owens. Oh my gosh. It's so like why you could like this? You know, and I know why. Okay. The Get reason... well soon. Get well soon. You're a Kanye fan. Get well soon. I'm sorry, I mean Kunye. It's I'm never gonna be better. Cause he does this, you know? It was the same thing where he was hanging out with Trump and he was going to the White House and he was being erratic and people kept calling him crazy and like everybody was kind of just like looking at him like this wild man, this wild card. And then he came out with the album Yay and they came out with Kids See Ghost. And then after that, he did Jesus is King. And he seemed to be doing better. He was doing a Sunday service and on the right path. But then we hit 2020. And he's talking about running for president. And they were like, 
Kanye, why are we doing this? We're moving backwards. Like, we should be moving forwards with this. And then the Joel Osteen thing. And then now, with, like, his whole falling out with Kid Cudi, him divorcing his wife, and him just now talking about how, like, the Kardashian family is, like, anti-black. Like, sir, you did not Oh, they're anti-black. I'm like, listen, listen. Mr. West, you are correct. Hmm. However... Are you sure you want to be the messenger, sir? Are you sure? Him and Ray J suddenly popping out being like, oh yeah, the Kardashian family is really bad. And we're just saying here like... A, we knew. B, y'all are embarrassing. Right. It's... It's nothing short of embarrassing. Because... And here's the other thing. Hmm. Sorry. Right. The thing it, is... I just want to say really quickly. Yeah. Kanye wants to go towards black people to have their support when it benefits him and now he's reverting back to the conservative base that likes that he says things that are not pc and says things that are against the grain because it's kanye west and they feel like someone who is as rich as well known and as powerful as kanye to support their talking beliefs validates what they think and validates how they feel how, and it, of course, like everyone has their own opinions. No one has to think the same way, whatever the case is. But there is a valid reason as to why he's saying these things. And you can't really believe that he, like, actually stands on this. Like, he got upset with Issa Rae because she had a skit on SNL talking about, how, like, oh, yeah, we're, like, it was like a voting skit or whatever. And, you know, and, uh, there's a line that uh, Keenan Thompson says, like, oh, yeah, everybody, Trump. Joe Biden and Kanye. And Issa in character said, Kanye? Fuck Kanye. And then he tweeted a response saying like, you know, SNL doesn't like black people. SNL doesn't support black people. I've always said this. Issa, I'm praying for your family. And it's like, you were on, you were on, your wife was on SNL. Are you? Come on, bro. Are you being for real? Like he has a song where it says, Fuck SNL and the whole cast. Tell him, Yeezy said you could kiss my whole ass. More specifically, More specifically you, you could kiss I'm an asshole. You niggas got jokes. Like he is constantly contradicting himself. Also, one other thing. One other thing. I'm gonna be real. Kanye cannot rap. He is a terrible rapper. You know I'm right. I think he's a very good writer. I think he's really good with his lyrics and his metaphors. I think he's a very talented producer. I that I can agree on. Yeah. He is probably the best producer. When he was putting out, I, you know, Nas's album, Kidsy Ghost, Yay, and Tion Taylor's album, I will have to say, I don't understand why Tion Taylor's album had to come out last from all of Good Music's albums during 2018, because her album was supposed to come out before Nas's, I believe. But somehow, Nas's album came out before hers, and hers didn't come out because the, 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 the samples didn't clear or whatever. That's a poor excuse. That's a poor excuse. Because it was Kitsy Ghost, Yay, Nas, and Pusha T, and then Tiana. Like, like, if you, like, if you consider a song off Donda, like, Hurricane, right? Mm -hmm. Then, um, Kanye easily has the weakest verse on there by far. Honestly, he has the weakest verse on there by far. Little Baby is better, The Weeknd is better. And I hear, the weekend is mm -mm, so mm -mm, good. Mm -mm. The weekend is so good on that song. 
Yo, shout out the weekend. Actually, him getting popular is the reason people stop bullying me for my voice. <laughs> Wait, really? That's not even a joke. Yeah. The weekend when he talks, it's so surprising. Like whenever I hear him speak, I'm like, oh my gosh, you sound like you're 15. Like nobody guesses my age right if the first thing they hear is my voice. Yeah. And uh, let me put it this way: puberty hit my voice like a truck. Yeah, yeah, so, um, you know, I don't think I have to say anything more. Yeah, to be honest, I'm very glad that Kid Cudi has stood firm in, like, not continuing on his collaboration with Kanye. Because a lot of people yeah. can say a lot of things about Kid Cudi, but I feel like I'm very, he is talented, and, you know, Kid Cudi isn't my favorite rapper, but I still like him as a person, and I still do like some of his music, and I would never be someone to, like, you know, needlessly bully him or say things that are just, like, unkind to him simply because I'm a Kanye fan. You know, I can recognize that Kitsy Ghost is an awesome project that they collaborated on, and a lot of the work that they've done together is really good, and they've had a tumultuous relationship in the past, and a lot of people feel like they'll become friends again, and I truly believe that, like, it's, they're done. Probably, yeah. I feel like they're done. Like, Kikari literally said, like, it'll take a miracle for me to work with that man again. And I believe him, because if I if I saw all the stuff that my friend was doing in public, and I talked to them in private, and I tried to speak to them like a person, I would get frustrated at some point, too. Like, I would be done. I would be, I would be ready to just, like, no, I'm not doing this with you. You're being childish. You're being ridiculous. Like, you keep saying these things, you keep doing these things, and then the repercussions that happen are all your fault. They're the consequences of your own actions. If you wanted to stay with your wife, why are you out here acting like this? Like, it's embarrassing. Now, the worst part about Kanye is that, like, he ha- like he's diagnosed, he has meds that he should be able to take, but, like, he's in a position where people have enabled him, and now there's nobody that can really tell him no. He's, like, Homelander without the powers. And the thing is, is that, like, many people have fallen out with him before, but there are people who will just, like, start talking to him again. I also want to say that, like, Kanye and Ray J coming out and being like, oh, the Kardashians are like this and that. Like, listen, at this point, I've grown indifferent to these people. This family, like, they'll continue to do whatever they do, no matter what anyone says. And they'll... Please, no more keeping up. I can't. I, I never wanna, could, but I can't. I don't want to keep up. I don't want to be updated. I don't want to stay tuned. I've tuned out. I've unsubscribed. I'm done. I've I don't even have cable. I've muted all the notifications. I'm over it. Like, y'all can have fun with the little white family. I do not care. All right. Oh, Chance on... Thoughts on Chance the Rapper. I was about to say Chance on Thoughts the Rapper. <laughs> Thoughts on Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper, but I feel like his music was better before he started being like, I love my wife, you know, like the whole, like, I know that a lot of people are like, oh, no, like I'm someone who is always kind of like, I don't like when people say like, oh, I wish this artist made their old music, because artists should be allowed to grow and change and be better. But I can understand why some people like Childish Gambino's older music rather than his new music. I like all his music. I think Childish Gambino's really talented. With Chance the Rapper, I do like his old music better than his new music. Like, his recent album with, like, the clear CD, 
The big day? Yeah. That wasn't for me. And you know, I actually... Sorry, go ahead. And also DJ Khaled, I don't really like any of his new music. I'm sorry. I don't like any of his music to begin with, to be honest. The only song he really made that I really liked was Wild Thoughts and Shining. And Keys? Whichever song it was where Beyonce is like calling out Tiffany, that one. I don't remember the name of the song exactly, but it's that one. You know, personally, I am uh, probably the closest thing to a Chance the Rapper stand in existence. That man makes some phenomenal music, and I will not hear otherwise. Now, Acid Rap was phenomenal. So was Coloring Book. Yeah. The Big Day, maybe not his best piece of work, but there are some quite good songs there. Like, for example, Do You Remember, All Day Long, um, Eternal. That one's just funny. So is Ho- Eternal and Hot Shower are both fun songs. Um, uh-huh. You can tell that I am a Chance the Rapper fan because I know more I know more than one song off of that album. Right. <laughs> and, um... Honestly, I thought it was cute. I thought the I love my wife thing was really cute. It's it's wholesome to see him growing and putting down the cigarettes and changing. And, like, you know, it's nice to see that he's doing well as a person, you know. Same way that, like, Eminem might not put out the same music that he used to put out. But, like, you, you still love to see it because he's doing better as a person. Yeah. Right? That's true. And then you see, yeah, and then you see, like, stuff that he's put out recently, like, um... Like the return and uh, the heart and the tongue. Mm-hmm. Listen to those; they're phenomenal. Okay, I'll definitely listen to that. Uh, Chance rapper Eternal. No way the other two songs. Yeah, Eternal. Um, the heart and the tongue, and the return. Okay. Yeah. I think that we need to get back to talking about... Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm giving you valuable podcast host experience because I come in, I do a Jim Carrey, I chew the scenery, I go on a six more billion tangents, and then we talk about Gravity Falls. <laughs> I'm sorry about all the prefacing. I, no, I, I know, I know, I know, but like... I might have ADHD. Now that I think about it, yeah, I, I I may have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. That's okay. I mean, I deal with brain fog, and I get distracted a lot, so I definitely understand that. Yeah, that's fair. Also, um, have you ever watched Good Omens? Uh, I have not watched that. It is coming back. I do love that show, Good Omens. I think that was the one other thing I want to talk about that I can't wait to watch, Good Omens. What's it about again? Good Omens is a mean, show. You... It's about um, Crowley and Aziraphale. Basically, they're an angel and a demon tasked to... The angel wants to stop the apocalypse. The demon wants to continue on the apocalypse. And they're tasked with like protecting, watching the child, who is supposed to be the Antichrist. And they have been friends throughout millennia, throughout years. And of course there's like the are they best friends or like are they into each other? And it's honestly a really good show. It's very fun. It's very quirky. And if you like things that are like mystical oops. If you like things that are like mystical and fun and 
that are just like funny, a silly, goofy time. You will enjoy the show, and it is on Amazon Prime. And honestly, the first season is on Amazon Prime. It's an easy watch. Like, you could get through it pretty quickly, and I'm very excited for season two, because Neil Gaiman is a very talented writer, and, you know, I just honestly can't wait to see what's next, because it's been a while since the show came out. Like, it's been years, I think. But don't take my word, for, but you don't have to take my word for it. Da -da -da. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to be sponsored, but we'll see. Okay, let's talk about Gravity Falls. We literally started talking about Gravity Falls, and then we were... On a tangent. Oh, the reason why I brought up Adam Hicks was because he um, got arrested for attempted burglary. <laughs> he got arrested for attempted burglary. That's why I brought up. Listen, we're at like we're at like point zero one Ezra Millers at this point. On the word in the words of Jermaine J. Cole, Cole, I'm on a tangent. Not how I planned it. <laughs> J. Cole is also a really great rapper. I did find it hilarious when he tried to, like, beef with no name. And she was like, sir, I do this. Like, I does this. I'm, I'm the boots on the ground. What do you do besides rap about how you were a child and you wanted to sleep with women? And you were, like, like, be for real. Like Most based thing that no name did was stop performing for white crowds. I'm not going to lie. Like, when she said, yeah, I can't I can't deal with uh, white people saying that. And I was like, you know what? Based. Absolutely, absolutely based. You know what? I I have literally nothing bad to say about that. You know, I, I totally get it. Go, go go, do your thing. Yeah, I love her and her book club. Uh, no Name is one of my favorite rappers, uh, as well as Hira Wack and Kamaya. Obviously, Megan and Doja as well. But, um, yeah, No Name is really great. I do wish some of her songs were, like, longer than two minutes. But there's also uh there's also Rico Nasty. I love Rico Nasty. Oh my gosh. I love her. I love her. Oh my gosh. Rico Nasty is so talented. She's so good. amazing. Like she's so 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 good. And I love how like sweet and attentive she is with her son. Like the relationship they have with one another is so adorable and I cherish it. I really do. And I love her TikTok. And I love Flo Millie. I think they're amazing. Speaking of kids, the weirdest thing is when people that I went to middle school with turn around like, oh yeah, I am uh I'm becoming a parent now. I'm like <laughs> You are? For real? You're gonna raise a child? You're gonna take care of another person? A living being? Are you sure it's a good idea? I'm just like Are you gonna do it for the whole time? Or like you have to like is this for like the whole eighteen years? And possibly longer. Okay. Uh, well. Uh, I mean, I well, I, I I wish you all the best, and I hope that everything works out phenomenal. Oh, I really am wishing you the best. That is, that is, like, I know that that sounds insincere when I say it like that, but trust me, that I, is literally the most sincere sentiment I can, I'm like, oh, you're having a kid, huh? Well, I... I wish you all the best, and I hope that everything is as smooth as possible. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like smiling through it in your head. You're like, girl, who let you have a baby? Be for real. Someone needs to unplug hey. and replug in the simulation. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. I'm not. Somebody press B I'm instead of A. 
I'm not saying I'm shady. I'm just saying that I, I know what words mean. I use them carefully. Gravity Falls. <laughs> Otherwise, this is literally just the two friends just chatting. That's what for... a podcast is, really. JJ. Well, you're in <laughs> luck. I am. I am the Noodle Arm Tangent um creator. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have my tube top from last time. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. So Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls is a show that's centered around two kids. They're 12 year old twins, Dipper and Mabel Pines. They're dropped off at their great uncle Stan Pines, also known as Grunkle Stan, in um, Gravity Falls, Roadkill County, Oregon. And they're staying with him at the Mystery Shack, which is basically like a tourist trap. And they stay there, have fun adventures. And the show went on for two seasons. And one thing that's interesting about the show is that, like, it didn't run in the same way that shows usually do, where, like, there's a ep- weekly episode. For Gravity Falls, there were episodes, but the episodes were so sporadic and so spaced out at times because it took so long to make some of the episodes. Like, some episodes would take months to make, and some episodes would take longer, and... I think that's what the beauty of Gravity Falls was because when you watch something weekly, it doesn't really give you enough time to like really sit down and think about it and like study it and like look at the pacing. But when there's yeah. a show that kind of comes out like not sporadically really, but like comes out time and time again, you can see the time, the effort, the thought process, and everything that goes into making this show. Because the show started summer of 2012. And then suddenly, October 5th, there was Summerween. And then February 15th, 2013, is the episode Boss Mabel. And then you can see throughout the 2013, like, how spaced out the releases are for this show. And even though the releases are spaced out, usually people kind of stay away from that. They want to stay on the consistent schedule so that fans continue to come back time and time again every single week. But the beautiful thing about Gravity Falls was that even though it's sporadic in its scheduling, people still came back and watched it. People were still interested. And it brought in more viewers. And that's because the story and the characters and the whole premise of the show is amazing and so well done. So well-written, so mysterious. There are so many little, like, Easter eggs, like, mysterious clues in the show that keep people coming back and wanting more. And people still talk about the show, because, like, it's literally two seasons long, but it's one of the best shows made. And people still re-watch it, because it's a show that has to be Hang on. Dad, just give me a, can you give me a little time, please? Thank you. Uh, no, my dad was like just telling me it's time. I guess dinner's ready, whatever. But you know, I'm I'm here. I'm here to stay. Okay. We gotta talk about we gotta talk about Gravity Falls. Otherwise, that tweet that she posted was clickbait, and I I'm just not having. That. <laughs> um. So I'm not gonna lie. I get the sporadic release schedule because like, ha- have you seen my YouTube channel? Right. Yeah. I mean, I took a year and a half off, but that was because I was literally having the worst time of my life so far. But I'm back. Um, 
Honestly, I think that like Gravity Falls, even when it ended, it didn't even answer all the questions. Like, you know, it, like if you notice, Mabel and Dipper are kind of like a reflection of Stan and Ford. Stan and Ford. I mean, yeah, Stan and Stan, Stan Pines and Stan Pines. <laughs> right. I'm I'm funny, and like we don't know if they're gonna like learn a lesson from their Grunkle's beef and uh, patch things up and like stay sick to each other as siblings should often do. Also, I really gotta start using the word grunkle more while I still have my great uncle. I'm like, I have a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> I should, I should really I should really use the word unironically. Grunkle is a great word. Yeah. I think that what makes a good children's television show is when it doesn't talk down to the audience, because like kids are in many cases quite intelligent. Now this may come as a shock to some of y'all, but when I was a child. My favorite shows were the ones that didn't shy away from making the jokes that you have to think about. The ones I had to ask my parents to explain. Mm-hmm. And I, those are also the ones that you don't mind watching. Like, come on, are you going to subject yourself to Cocoa Melon with a kid? No, you're not. Right. However, you will subject yourself to something like VeggieTales because it'll be witty. It'll be, like, funny in a way that's applicable not just for kids, but, like, to, for everyone. It's not just silly, inane music. It's not just stupid plots. And so I think that Gravity Falls does a wonderful job of that. Like, I don't know if you've seen the videos of Alex Hirsch fighting with censors at Disney to make sure that it's still a funny show. But like, that man wants a battle. And thank you, Miss. Thank you, based Mister Hirsch, for making that possible. He will go um, down swinging, honestly. Yeah, and like, it's like if you what you have is a show that has characters grow and change and that absolutely does not talk down to his audience at all. It like, it keeps things real. And I think that's definitely one of the better charms of the show. And they told the story that they wanted to tell Mm -hmm. and left. Beautiful show. And that's all you can ask out of a show creator is that they are able to create the show that they want. They can take the creative liberties that they want to take and they're allowed to wrap up the show in a way that's meaningful for the fans, but also meaningful to them. And I don't mind that there are some things kind of left unsaid, and there are there's some kind of like tie, things left untied. You know, I don't mind a few loose ends because it leaves more for the audience to kind of like pick up and you know continue on with the story. Because season three is not going to happen for Gravity Falls, as sad as that makes me to say, but. It doesn't matter because the fans are still writing about the show and there's still all these other like media pieces of media that you can watch and you could consume that are part of the show. And one thing I like about Gravity Falls is that like it is one of those kids shows. It's one of those shows that's like this is on a kids channel. It's for kids. But you could watch it too and you could like it. You know, shows like regular show, um they made yeah. gumball. You know, like, there are so many... SpongeBob SquarePants. Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. Yep. Sorry, I'm just a big Phineas and Ferb fan. <laughs> I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> Have I mentioned Phineas and Ferb yet? <laughs> Have I mentioned it in the last five seconds? <laughs> I might explode if I don't. <laughs> I love Phineas and Ferb. Like, it was honestly one of my favorite shows ever. And it was an easy show to watch. It was also really fun and really creative. And I think that... It's great that there are TV shows out there that you can watch with the whole family, kind of. And one thing about Gravity Falls is that, like, it was scary, but it was a, like, kid scary. 
it felt like, ooh, it's spooky. Like, this is actually kind of freaky. Like, it actually, like, draws a certain things, and it's actually, like, smart and unique and different. And I Baby's first psychological horror. <laughs> baby's first dip into conspiracy theories. Like, I genuinely was scared watching that show. I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, what the heck? It's like, is this going to be my dreams? It's... Yeah, it is. Also, with, like, the ciphers and all the other little Easter eggs, like, the um, letters at the end of each end screen that had, like, little messages on the end, and then, like, the whispers in, like, the beginning title sequence that played backwards. And they were all backmasked, yeah. yeah. So, um, I, okay, here's a conspiracy theory, right? You know why Alex Hirsch got away with what he did with the censors? So here's here's I'm I'm just putting this out here. I'm just asking questions. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, <clears throat> my conspiracy theory about Gravity Falls is that um, the CIA got Disney to lay off of Mr. Hirsch a little bit because they saw that he was adding ciphers, he was adding backmasking codes to the program, and um. You know, that's Baby's first introduction to Spycraft, the art of hiding a message. And so, you know, I think that, you know, the CIA saw that he was, since uh, they saw that he was getting, having a little trouble um, getting his show produced. Um, and so they leaned on Di- their contacts at Disney a little to make sure that it aired. Of course, I'm just making all this up because it sounds plausible and realistic, which means it's just the kind of thing the CIA might do. Theory over. <laughs> I do have to say, like, there have been a couple of deleted scenes that I saw. Um, you remember there were, like, there's like, the episode of Love Bug or, like, Love Band or something like that. Love God. It was that episode with that guy who used to be in a rock band. He's really, like, Cupid, and he makes people, like, fall in love against their will. In that episode, apparently, like, the, the, the necklace he had around his dick has like the male the female symbol it was supposed to have like the trans symbol too but disney did not want that and there was a scene in the diner where love god first meets mabel and he was going to make two women fall in love and this he was like no we're not gonna do that and they also there was this um poster or like this flyer in one of the episodes where they were trying to like advertise like spin the bottle and it had been mentioned in the show but basically like bring it up one more time disney was like absolutely not don't do that so that they pro not snp approved as a standards or practices approved on the flyer it's kind of like a dig at disney it's like okay fine here you go here's a little like, yeah. SNP little note hmm. yep yep yeah yeah Disney being upset about the smallest things that don't really matter will never stop to like frustrate me, but also kind of make me chuckle. I think that Disney is like too caught up in trying there in maintaining that squeaky clean image for people that aren't even gonna go to Disney anymore. It's like the people that threw away their um that like decided to cut off their cut up their Nikes over Colin Kaepernick. Like mm-hmm. they are embarrassing. Like why? Why are we trying to cater to these embarrassing people that aren't really your market anymore? Anyway, they're trying to cater to people that are the general market and the general audience, 
to keep like the majority of people happy so that they keep watching their shows and they keep Disney Plus and they keep their market shares up and they keep their money going, which is why Disney and many other Disney properties will continue to bring in characters that are like coded queer but not actually queer so that they don't upset their audiences in Russia and China and keep yeah. people watching. Oh. Oh, this reminds me. This reminds me. They did my boy John Boyega so dirty in Star Wars. Yeah, they did. Him and Kelly Marie Tran, they just like dropped the bridge on them, demoted them from important plot people who they had very, very interesting roles there. And then all of a sudden it's Finn is guy who yells Ray. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden Finn is really crush. It's like, sudden, really? Kelly Marie and Chad were from, like, an actual character with, like, lines. And the third movie, she's a background character. Barely like, there. which McC- I'm very upset. Like, Rise of Skywalker, uh, not Rise of Skywalker, The Last Jedi, actually did a lot of interesting things with the franchise. And, like, people might not have liked it, but that's whatever. That was, like, character development for Star Wars. And I was like, you know what? I've got just what you want. Mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. We made it the same, but worse. You you literally... It's like they decided to redo the original trilogy, but with more diversity casting. Yeah, I think that... Ryan Johnson going towards the Rilo plotline is truly the bad seed in the Star Wars sequel series, because nobody really wanted that and i don't understand why guy and girl automatically needs romance like it wasn't necessary you know we had something better and i i like i wouldn't be mad at ryan johnson but also knives out is like really really good and i'm excited for the glass onion like I so am, you can't be too mad yeah i'm still a little mad i'm still a little bit mad and i know that uh jj abrams did the best he could with the Rise of Skywalker, I know he did his best. However, you mean to tell me that Naomi Aki, who is a phenomenal actress, finally gets to be one of the only black women in a Star Wars movie, and she has but two lines, and that's it. And then she's CGI'd in at the end. Like, what's going on here? Oh boy, we're finally up to one, two, three and a quarter black people in Star Wars. James Earl Jones. The quarter is James Earl Jones as the voice of. Um, actually, no, four. Saw Guerrero as well. James James Earl Jones is the quarter as the voice of Darth Vader. Lupita Nyong'o was also in the first Star Wars movie, but she was playing like a little alien thing. She yeah, she was a CGI character. Yeah, imagine if I just played where I was like uh, Lupita, and then she's just not actually there. It's like oh. Maz Kanata, yeah. I mean, I liked your character. I just sort of like to have seen her. You know? Okay, that's let's let's make that three and a half. A quarter is James Earl Jones. A quarter is Lupita Nyong'o. James Earl Jones, Lupita Nyong'o, John Boyega, Naomi. John Boyega. There was also Samuel Jackson. He was in the originals. Nah, he was in the prequels. The prequel trilogy. I get that mixed up. And then, um, um, Fandy Newton was in Solo. Oh shoot! Okay, so that's four, and we're forgetting Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian. Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian, and they so brought now him we... back, and they didn't really give him like a solid role. He was just kind of there. 
They also had what's his name, Donald Glover as Lando. Remember when Donald Glover was in the first Spider-Man movie? No. Nobody does. Like he literally, I think it was actually a deleted scene. I'm not sure, but he was in the Spider-Man movie. Like and he was like Miles Morales' uncle, so like confirmed the existence of Miles Morales. But of course, we didn't get that because we were so busy with. Tom Holland. Nothing against Tom Holland. I love the three Spider-Man. I like the, you know, I hate that it was spoiled by, like, I don't know who. I don't know if it was, like, a theory on Twitter and everyone ran with it, but, like, you know. I would like to see a live-action Miles Morales, and I do want to say that I would like um, a a Latin, an Afro-Latino actor play it, and if not, the person who voiced Miles Morales in the movie, hold on. I think he's been acting a fool. Oh, for real? Yeah, I think so. Don't say that. Shamik Moore. Yeah, he's been acting a fool. What? Yeah. I'm not. He's been acting a fool. I want to go on. Okay. Oh. I see here. She makes more apologies for controversial police brutality tweets. Oh my gosh. He said, all I'm saying is, in the moment, when are we experiencing racism? Can we, the black community, find ways to avoid being killed or hunted? See, I have a very strong opinion that the black community hates to hear, but needs to hear. We need to learn how to deal with the police or racism, because this is part of the scenario we have failed to fix. Okay... He says his tweets are taken out of context, and he apologized. Worse. Uh, I hate when people apologize and they break in their like team, like their media team. It's like y'all suddenly have a team after you do something wrong. Like suddenly we know that you have people working for you that you pay, but it's only after you've done something that you should have done in the first place. Listen, if you're hearing that, just go follow me on Twitter at jjnq5. I will eventually stick my mouth, my foot in my mouth hard, and you guys can come for me by that. But I'll be having fun. We'll be having fun. It'll be fun. Uh, don't don't worry about the pin tweet. It's it's just real. JJ. By the way, have you watched Atlanta, the newest season? I have not watched Atlanta. It's something that I've been meaning to get to, but I just never have. It's so good. I haven't seen the I seen the first episode of the newest season and the second episode, so I need to catch up on it because the fact that like the third season came out already this year and the last season is coming out now, like it makes me sad that the show is ending because I feel like there could still be some more story to tell. But if it's ending, it's ending, and I only wish all the actors the best because like everyone in the show is amazing. Listen, you just don't want to get a. Boondock season four. Season four of the Boondocks was bad. It went from being aware mm. and smart to like, and then Mr. Magruder left the show, mm. and I guess they brought somebody else in, and it, it basically turned into coonery, not literally, but like it was, it was bad. It was just like so everything was exaggerated. They literally made them into slaves. Yeah, it's it's bad. I'm gonna be honest to say that I watched uh, Boondock sporadically, 
So I really can't tell you, like... No, that's valid. Last time I watched it, it was on Netflix. Man, I remember back in 20, 2015, when I was in 10th grade, Netflix was so... That was, like, the last time Netflix was good. It had Futurama, it had the Boondocks. It had other things, I just don't remember them right now. But yeah, it had Netflix, it had Futurama. Did I say it had Netflix? Boy. Sorry. Gigi, are you good? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I did say the Boondocks episode about Tyler Perry is definitely one of the smartest pieces of media that's ever been made. Like, it's deserved. Like, he really does deserve that critique. Like, this man yeah. makes the same movie every year. And the reason why he makes the same movies is because he doesn't hire writers. He writes, produces, directs, and stars in them all by himself, which would be a feat if they were good. But they usually aren't. He's literally just playing on the same tired stereotypes over and over and over again. Plus, when he does hire writers, he doesn't pay them. This man has one of the biggest film studios in the country. Something... And he... Like, sorry. Go ahead. And he's here being a billionaire capitalist. Same way Mr. Um, Mr. Sean Carter is. I can't believe Jay-Z was like... It's like they it's like they invented the word capitalist as a slur. Someone in the chat, John not Kramer, said, Moni, the way you describe Tyler sounds like Sam Levison could follow on the scenes footsteps. I do say Sam Levison, not someone that I enjoy seeing create content. Like him making a TV show with the weekend and Lily Rose Depp being the star truly is like it's kind of like, mm, to me, because The weekend is kind of known for liking younger women, and Sam Levison having, you know, euphoria as his biggest body of work, where there are young actresses who are, like, in their early 20s, but portraying, like, younger people in very sexual compromising positions, and also just, like, dangerous positions, and then having a show with, like, The weekend as, like, a drug lord, or, like, a movie pr music producer with Lily Rose Depp, who still looks like she's 16, but I know she's, like, 21 or something. It's all reflective of, like, you know, money, drugs, greedy, powerful, wealthy men, and young women who are vulnerable in these TV shows, meant to be seen as art, and meant to be celebrated for their, like, you know, writing, and, like, the storytelling premise, but ultimately, it's kind of skeevy, and it's kind of gross, and, like, Sam Levison creating the same kind of TV show over and over again, is a reflection of, like, hmm, are you a talented writer, or do you have, like, a shtick? They kind of stick to and this shit just brings you money and brings you accolades but like is it good or is it just kind of like just is he pulling a michael a michael bay on us it seems like it i'm i'm not gonna lie i can't watch euphoria because that's they're supposed to be in high school those are sex I scenes with high school euphoria twice over and let me say something wow Zendaya, I know you wanted to stop making the kid stuff, but babe, we can ease into some things. Like, we are shaking down the door for the Mac Miller lookalike for cocaine? Who was on like before? Who, who was on crack? Sorry, Stephen A reference. Anyways, um, I, yeah, I'm just not comfortable with the idea. I have, listen, in high school, I saw enough. I'm satisfied. And by satisfied, I mean completely dissatisfied. I've, I've seen enough. I have been playing, I've, um, 
Listen, church school was wild. I we had there was like this room that someone broke the lock to, and like we would just be hiding from classes. I would be playing cards, and somebody would be in the back behind us trying to trying to get their Mac on. And uh, JJ. yeah, what? what? I'm what? I'm I'm one hundred percent serious about that. we're not supposed to it was gross it was wrong it was very unsettling and also i want to say like things like euphoria and like 13 reasons why shows like that like a lot of times adults watch these shows because they feel like this is the window into the teen world they don't get to see that they missed and i want to say that like this is a very small window to a very small group of teens and like, I'm telling you right now, this is not indicative of, like, the teen experience. And young people Listen, should not be watching these shows thinking that, like, my life should be... That's how it should be. Let yeah, no, no. Your life is not going to be reflected with that at all. You guys are more like freaks and geeks and less like Euphoria. If Listen, the closest thing that you're going to get in most schools is probably a bunch of kids with Adderall addictions becoming um, high achievers. But that's about it, honestly. Teenagers are having way less sex than y'all think they are. Um, do I have a source for that? I literally stopped becoming a teenager two years. I stopped being a teenager two years ago. Of course, I have a source. And um, don't do crack. Don't do drugs. Stay in school. Uh, the more important things to stay in school. If you ha already have a drug problem, why weren't you listening to me? Stay in school. Fix that. Um. Yeah. I also want to like, say, though, like... Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, not go. You, no, you go, you go, you go, you go. No, no, you go, 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 go. <laughs> it's to... your podcast, you go. I also want to say, like, real quick, is that, like, Zendaya's character is based off Sam Levison in high school. The problem with that is Sam Levison is a white man, and Zendaya is black. And a lot of people might think, well, Monica, what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. Prime example, all right? Zendaya is a young girl who is dealing with drug abuse in this show. Rue. Right? A lot of times in the black community, if someone is dealing with something that's very difficult and they're a young child, they will have the other kids stay with someone else that they know, or they will go to people in their community, or they will go to their friends. And I don't know how it is with white people, because I don't live with y'all, I don't really know how y'all work. But essentially, there is a sense of camaraderie that, like, you can lean on someone else to help you out in this situation. And in the show, it's like, it's like Rue's mom doesn't even have any friends. Like, Rue's going through this difficult time right now. The only time we ever see Rue's mom interact with other actors is in season two. And that's when Zendaya is literally on the run, right? Destroying people's lives. And, like, she's not on the run, on the run. Like, <laughs> she's, like, basically running around. Like, she's doing the most. And, you know, it just shows that having a black actress play a character meant for a white person not every character can just be swapped out for someone of a different race because different cultures have different kind of like ideas and different ways that they do things and different ways that they view situations and yeah you know it's something that wouldn't be considered by a white man who is the creator and the writer and the showrunner of this show but it's something like to be considered by other people yeah, like there's a difference between swapping Ariel from The Little Mermaid for Halle Bailey. 
and like recasting Miles Morales as I don't know. Like Miles Morales cannot play Miles Morales. Yeah. Yeah. And like there is her can play um Belle in Beauty and the Beast because that is a fictional story with a fictional character and swapping out the person for another race is a change the story at all. If you were to cast someone like um Lily Reinhardt as like Tiana in Princess and the Frog, that wouldn't work as well because that show is based in New Orleans with voodoo influences that happen that like you know are akin to like stories in New mm-hmm. Orleans. Mm-hmm. And a lot of practices practitioners of voodoo are black people or people of color. And you know, Lily Reinhardt can play the rich white friend. She doesn't have to play Tiana. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's true. And I also did not need to see um that white girl's boobs all the time in season two. That was too much. Like that was a lot. Are you complaining about seeing boobs? Shut up. Shut up. I will definitely I'm, right now. I'm hilarious. I'm hilarious. Mm. Alright, watch yourself. I'm the one with the power here, so <laughs> Okay. Maybe I should start a podcast to invite you on to mute you yeah. as my revenge. Do it. Start a podcast. Let's see you do that. Let's see you make that happen. You can't I talk too much already. I talk too much already. Listen, I'm editing a video as we speak. Not literally right now because I'm on the podcast, but like I, I am unironically editing a video. I went outside. I touched grass. Wow. What a feat. You should be so proud of yourself. Yeah, there's not much grass. Like the sidewalks just go from the build go from the buildings to the street. So we got trees, but not grass. We need to talk about Gravity Falls. Yes, we do. I'm sure that my dad is going to bust down the figurative door. My room doesn't have a door at any moment to ask where I am. Gravity Falls. Alex Hirsch battling the censors. Great story. We don't even get all the questions answers answered. Bill Cipher might have actually leaked into real life. Have y'all seen the picture of the stone statue of Bill? Um, also, we don't know if Mabel and Dipper are going to become like a new version of Stan Lee and Stanford. We hope not, but they never answer the question. And uh, so all these questions and more. Also, Gideon deserves worse than he got, I think. And the all these questions and more. Let's go. Gravity Falls. It sure does fall down. Let's go. Okay. I do have to say Gideon Falls was very annoying as a character, Gideon, and I did like a lot of the side characters. I like that a lot of the side characters got a lot more story and a lot more depth in season two. Like, the crazy... The old man? Like old man McGucket. Old man McGucket. Finding out that his mind was wiped because he had experienced a lot of the things in Gravity Falls, um, you know, supernatural history. The fact that Gravity Falls was founded mm-hmm. by, like, the eighth and a half president, but then they reworked history so that it wasn't him it was like someone else that founded it it's funny and also the fact that like um stanford found the made the portal and he had his friend go through it and when he came out he created the blind eye society to basically wipe the townspeople's memories that way they wouldn't remember the things that they had seen yeah because you really have to sit there and watch the show and think like this kind of stuff happens every single day how do these people not notice it how are you not surprised by all this stuff? Like there are there are gnomes pretending to be full people. There are unicorns in a forest. Like 
I'm not gonna lie. After a while, stuff like starts to be normal. Like, I don't know if you can. I don't know if I've mentioned it yet, but I'm a New Yorker, and like my weird tolerance is much higher than most people's. Like, I'll see somebody like in a costume, and they'll have a tail, and like I'll just walk, and it's sticking out of the train doors. I'm like, hey, uh, your tail's sticking out, and keep it moving. And I honestly, it took a couple of days for me to process. Oh, shoot, that was somebody. That that was a tale. It, it's like the more weirdness happens, the more you get accustomed to it as normal, and so it just it becomes mundane. That is and so like true. that and like the blind eye society has been uh, wiping people's memories often enough for everybody in Gravity Falls to be at least a little bit loony. Yes, that makes sense for a lot of people. In Gravity Falls. Also, there are a lot of like little one-off things in Gravity Falls. I really like like Marmando, the little like merman that Mabel like fell in love with. A little yep. part of the show. Gosh, that was so. I'm pretty nice. sure. And then like the blonde uh, boy band clones that like were living in the woods at one point. Yeah. I, yeah. I love it. Also, Seuss. I love Seuss. I'm not going to lie, Seuss was annoying to me in the beginning, but after a while, I just kind of, like, I grew fond of Seuss. You know, I saw his value. I saw how great he is. And I do, there's one little thing that, like, kind of annoyed me about Gravity Falls without, like, Pacifica and Dipper. Literally, endgame. I know they're children, okay? Don't freaking, don't clock me, all right? But, like, I think they're adorable, and I think they're, stop making that weird, stop it! This GJ, stop making that face! The thing that I know is the fact that, like, Mabel's friend suddenly pops out of nowhere and is like, I have a crush on Dipper. It's like, okay, but who asked? Um, it's Dipper and Pacifica, babe. You just came out of nowhere. We really did it. Like, Dipper is does not have, like, I think it's, like, the only boy syndrome. You know, it's like, a bunch of girls don't know a guy. Like, there's, like, one boy that's their age and he's, like, nice. They're like, oh my gosh, is this... Feelings? It's like no, you're mistaking platonic for romantic feelings. Please. I feel like that only happens on TV. I no, hope. it happens in real life. It happens huh. in real life. Theater, ne- choir, uh, strange workplace with pe- needy women. Yeah, it happens. I, I think I've, I've been hanging out with the gays. <laughs> Listen, straight women when they see a man, it's like, is he like my brother, or is he a potential love interest? Because they are just, their brains are just wired to be like a soap opera for some reason. It's, I see. It's it's kind of, not all straight women are like that, but a lot of them are. I see. A lot of them are. And a lot of them are like that towards men, and they are very, but they will not say that they are, but they will act that way. You know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, um, what I don't like is, like, when shows have a ham-fisted forced romance plot, I'm, like, I'm always, like, all right, that's enough. Please, yeah. cease. That's why I like, really if it... the Pacifica episode. Because, like, yeah. you guys know her family history, and, like, the result of the episode is so good. But also, it's like, oh, they could actually, like, if they were older, they could see. Like, it's like that. Yeah. Definitely get that. Is there anything else? Is there something you like about? I keep interrupting you. JJ, no, speak. no, it's it's your podcast. You're supposed to be listen. 
I took you on JJ's wild ride for like an hour and a half. Uh, yep, let me check Twitch. It's been about an hour and a half. Yeah, I took you on JJ's wild ride for an hour and a half. JJ. And, um, just here we are. Just speak your mind. Just no, I honestly, I like really, really like Gravity Falls as a show because, like I said, it doesn't talk down on its audience. It's a very well-woven plot. And, um, I think that, like, the tumultuary, I think that, like, it does a good job of humanizing its characters, especially Pacifica. I can't believe that her parents got her trained by a bell. Right. Caribbean parents' ideal child. Did I say anything incorrect? No. Laughing through the pain. <laughs> <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> so seriously, make it stop. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah, I I think that it's interesting to see that, like, and I think that there's also an Aesop in there about like willful ignorance with the blind eye society. Like, sure, we don't actually have neuralizers and things, but. Like, it, it does have an impact if you decide to ignore things that happen because, oh, it's easier this way. It really isn't. It has its own costs. And, um, yeah, I think that's a real-life lesson to be gained from Gravity Falls. Yeah, I think that the show, a lot like other children's shows that can be watched by adults, is something that teaches you a lot of life lessons. Like, yeah. if you're going to go visit your family again and you find out they've created a secret portal in the basement, maybe don't get upset with them because you might actually push them in and not see them for 30 years. You know what I mean? And it's crazy mm -hmm. to me that the townspeople really thought that, like, Stanford is, like, Grunkle Stan. Like, they thought that he was, like, some mysterious genius, which is why they kept going to the Mystery Shack. And when you look at the Mystery Shack, you look at all the stuff, like, this stuff makes no sense. Like, this is stupid. But then you remember, as you watch the show, you realize, like, everybody there is so used to supernatural and so used to strange things happening. They just believe him yeah. at his word because they think that he's a genius and they think that he's Stanford. But he's not Stanford. He's Stan Lee. He's different, you know? Mm-hmm. But they didn't notice because nobody sees the differences between identical twins. Yeah. And the another thing that I really do love about the show is just how... It's serialized, how, like, and a lot of times the sitcoms, it's just, like, plot, episode after episode after episode, but things are connected, and they're drawn together, and I also like that with Dipper and Wendy, that's kind of, like, Dipper has a crush on Wendy, but then actually addressing, like, Dipper's kind yeah. of, like, feelings towards her. It's Shout out fun. Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. Wendy was like, uh, alright, bro, I'm gonna keep it real with you. No. You're 12. I'm like seventeen. Like, that's she hit that Dikembe Mutombo on him. She's like, sorry, bro. Also, it's hilarious to me the episode when like Seuss fell in love with the video game girl. Cause it's like, okay, he's like, they were so real for that. It was so real for the episode. And then when like the girl that Seuss actually liked in real life, he go, he looks at her, he's like. Dipper and Mabel will protect you. And she's like, Seuss, these are children. It's like, oh yeah, these are 12-year-olds. 
fighting supernatural beings. We forget about that, don't we? Like, Seuss, buddy, clock Seuss, in. Look, 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 these kids are not even 13 years old. They can't even drive yet. They shouldn't be even driving the golf cart. Like, what do you mean they're going to protect me? Do you see this one? Hasn't gone through puberty yet. Neither of them has. What are we talking about here? Like Late bloomer gang, we out here. <laughs> Seriously, I, I haven't shaved in more than a month. It's coming in nicely. No, it's not. It's <laughs> patchier than the pirate. <laughs> no, it looks great. Wait, wait. It looks great. Stop it. Why you always lying? Why? Why you always lying? <laughs> oh my god. I have to say, um, each episode is just kind of like a little strange. It's a dip in the supernatural, but it's still hilarious. And it's one of my favorite shows ever. I am gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I'm too scared to rewatch the show because, like, I know there are certain things that when I rewatch it, I'll get it, like, too deeply. Like, when Stan had the funeral for his wax figure, I was just kind of like watching it the first time. I was like, this guy is such an idiot. Why are you crying over a wax figure? You gotta be for real. And then the wax figures came to life. I was like, <laughs> yo, <laughs> be for real for a second. Like, be honest. But then when you're watching the show, you continue to watch it, you realize, like, he had a twin brother who he loved, and he lost him. And now, this wax figure is kind of like a reflection. It's kind of like the only closure he has with his brother now. And the wax figure is gone, so this is the only time he really gets to say goodbye to his brother, because the last time he saw him, he went to an intermission of portal that he didn't understand. Like, it's so... It's so heartbreaking. The second time around. And it's even harder with the episode with, um, which episode was it? When the U.S. Army comes in and then, uh, Stanford pops up and he's there. And then it's like, cause like the whole episode, Mabel and Dipper only know Grunkle Stan as like this scam artist who commits tax fraud and does bad things. Like, teaching a bear how to drive and like committing like burglary and um, yeah misdemeanors all these misdemeanors oh. oh and also hilarious was like dipper trying to find out about the tattoo on grunkle stain's back mm -hmm. whole time it was literally just a burn dipper not everything's a mystery my guy sorry about that but I didn't say Bill Cipher is one of the most interesting uh, villains that I've ever seen. And I. Bill Cipher, he's voiced by Alex Hirsch, right? Yeah. Alex he is. So talented. Oh my gosh. I. I really feel like I should. I, I kind of want to go back and watch rewatch it, but at the same time, I'm still a little scary cat. You know what I mean? I'm such a little scaredy cat. Like, I can't go back and rewatch it because I feel like I'll just, like, spook myself a little bit too much. Because I'll be, like, overthinking it. Because when you take the time to, like, research the show and learn about the show, watching it just as a TV show is great. But when you get into, like, the fandom, the ciphers, the secret messages, the little, like, things that are recorded backwards in the beginning sequence, and all the little... And then, like, the journals and, like, any other piece of media related to the show. Okay, don't 
actually whisper into the mic, you're going to scare me. <laughs> like Sorry, to what I meant to say was, boy, did you get up? I will mute your mic, sir. <laughs> but overall, like, when Dipper found out that, like, Stanford was writing the journals, and he starts screaming like a fangirl, I was like, same. Same. He has a twin brother? That's, like, a, such a soap opera twist, but at the same time, it's like, ooh, I love it. Because that would be the, like, it means that Grokosan did not open up a portal to bring on the end of the world, which is great, you know? This is something you definitely mm-hmm. didn't want to happen. Um, he just wants to bring his brother back from uh, what seems to be hell. Seems to be. JJ, tell us a little bit about what you love about Gravity Falls. Well, you know, I think that, like, my personal favorite thing about Gravity Falls is that it comes along with life lessons. For example, ignore road, road, road safety laws. Um, Some people are, in fact, too old for you, and if you're too old for somebody, you gotta let them know. Mm-hmm. Number three, kids are smart. Do not talk down to them. Number four, if if a triangle tries to interact with you, leave. These shapes are not to be trusted. Especially those with one eye. Don't do it. Especially if it looks like the top of the dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, just just don't do that. Just don't do that. And, like, honestly, I do think that oh, so many things are really well handled. And they're, like, the pacing is good. Things are, like, built together well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that Gravity Falls is just a phenomenal show. And um, if you haven't seen it yet... You should watch it, but you don't have to take my word for it. Da-da-da. It's one of my favorite shows ever, and there are so many like actors in the show that like that's another thing I love about animated shows is that a lot of times like the actors that voice the characters you kind of recognize them, but then like you don't really because you're like so enticed in the show, and that's another thing that's great about. Gravity Falls, it doesn't rely on the cast being, like, star-studded, which it is. It's full of amazing people. Like, Linda Carlini plays Wendy, um, Jason Ritter plays Dipper, Alex Hirsch voices Grunkleston and other characters, and then you have, um, who was the last person? Uh, Kristen Chachel? Chachel? I forget her name. She voices Mabel. Oh, I think, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's also in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. She's also on that show, which is a show that I love and I enjoy really much. Kristen Schaal. S-C-H-A-A-L. Yeah. And <clears throat> I really do enjoy the show just because, like, it brings in so many amazing actors to, you know, lend to the plot. But mm-hmm. they don't rely on the guest stars to really bring people in. It's the show. It's the premise. It's the mystery. It's everything tied into everything else. And yeah. Waddles being like the pet pig is adorable to me. And I'm not going to lie, like the episode of Not What He Seems truly was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, that was that was a big one, honestly. Season two brought a lot of heavy hitters into like the show. Like I had a lot of really good episodes that season. And I think also the fact that the show had episodes that were shown so sporadically and so far apart really does lend to how great the show is. 
but I'm not yeah. gonna lie. If I had to wait from November twenty third, twenty fifteen, to February fifteenth of twenty sixteen to watch the last episode of a show, I would be irate. I would be irate at the fact that people actually stayed to watch and like it brought in so many more viewers than the other episodes just shows how dedicated the fan base is. Yeah. yeah. It just shows how much they love it. Yeah. Um so unfortunately my dad has uh, summoned me. I have to leave you all behind. I hope that you've had an enjoyable podcast so far. Uh sorry about all the tangents. I know that we didn't discuss as much gravity falls as you wanted. Call me back if you're talking about Avatar the Last the Last Airbender. I have thoughts. Okay. I watched I watched it like right before I got COVID, so uh, I I remember it. Um yeah, but like, you know. Anyway, thank you for watching nah, let me it's not my video. You do your you do what you need to do. Okay. Well you know what, JJ, you can sign off and then I'll like end it. But thanks for taking out with All right. me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, of course. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Yeah, of course. See ya. Bye. Alright, guys. It's just me here. Did you miss me? Anyways, that's basically all I want to say about Gravity Falls, really. It's an amazing show. It's very well written, and I feel like it's going to go down the test of time. It's one of the best shows ever created. And I think that it's also an awesome show, just in the mystery genre. Because a lot of times in shows where you do mystery, a lot of a lot of the time, like, for one example, for me personally, is Sherlock. The creators of the show will kind of try and outsmart the fans. They'll try to do things to be like, I'm smarter than you, I'm better than you. Like, with Pretty Little Liars, when fans figured out who A was, they changed who A was drastically without any kind of clues or any kind of way to, like, bring it back to, like, how is this person A? Like, how are we supposed to believe that this person's A? And it's the same thing with Sherlock. With the ending of Sherlock, um, creator Stephen Moffat kind of mocked the fans at the beginning of season three. I think it was actually the beginning of season four, because season three ended with the Rhineback fall. I think so. Hold on. Wow, the fact that I don't remember this is insane, because literally... Ryan Backfall, Sherlock Holmes, Season 2, Episode 3. So it's Season 2, my bad. This show, this episode came out in 2012. It's been years. 2012? Oh. It's been years since I've watched that show. Wow. And yet it has still scarred me to this day. The fact that I still do not like that. It, like, the... For context, the Sherlock show I'm talking about is Sherlock on BBC, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, and at the end of season two, major spoiler, sorry, Sherlock essentially dies, and of course, because the show is notorious for doing this thing, for Sherlock BBC, it's notorious for being a show with only three episodes a season, and each episode is an hour and a half long, and each season comes a year and a half after, so of course, after season two, season three comes. But beginning of season three, the creators essentially mock the fans for like trying to theorize what happened to Sherlock. With a scene where there's a character who's trying to theorize, well, how did Sherlock die? How did this happen? Usually, literally using language that fans have used online and on Tumblr as a way to mock them. And it's like, these are people who watch your show. These are your viewers. These are the people that are keeping your show alive. 
if no one's watching your show, you don't make money. Like, if no one's watching your show, your show's done. And you are basically spitting these fans' faces, being like, oh, you guys think that you can... <laughs> you guys think you get their wise? You guys think you know Misery? All right, like, trying to think you're better than us. You're not. And what I like about Gravity Falls is that it's a show on a kid's network, but it's not dumbed down. It's not simplified. It's smart, amazing, interesting, and it still to this day is being deciphered by fans. Like, the show came out, it's the show ended in 2016, and it's 2022. And here I am, talking about the show. And other people will be interested in the show as well because it's that good of a show. When you will create something that stands the test of time, when you create something that people are still interested to this day, when you create something that has like only 40 episodes, 20 episodes per season, two seasons, and people still regard it as one of the best shows they've ever seen, you should be proud of that because you've created something that's special and unique and that hasn't been done before. And, you know, shout out to Alex Hirsch for creating... Gravity Falls. Shout out to everybody who worked on it. And, you know, shout out to him for sending it to Disney several, several times. Because if you try to go against the grain, you will create something that is amazing. You'll create something that no one else has created before. And it's going to show your talent. And obviously, he's still a talented person. He created Owl House, which is also a really well done show. He also did Inside Job, which is also a really good show. And, you know, overall, Alex Hirsch is very talented. And we just have so much more to think. We have so much more to, like, think? So much more to think? There's so much more he has to bring to us. We will thank him for that. JJ just said bye in the chat, so I have to say goodbye to JJ. Bye, J. JJ. You're the best. All right. Well, I guess that's my talk on Gravity Falls. Editing this episode is going to be... Not the bot canceling me out. Hold on, y'all. The frick. Hold on. I'm going to figure out how to do this again. Shout out to everyone who's followed so far. Um, crap. I'm gonna have to do this live, aren't I? Yeah. This is gonna be, this is low-key embarrassing. Here we go. There we go. There's my camera. Um, nope, not that. This one. Oh, this is... Why? Okay, there we go. Perfect. Anyways, guys, we're going to end up the podcast with the last segment, which is I'll Pass, which is the segment of the show where we, take about, where we talk about things that we're passing on or things that we're no longer interested in, things that do not pique our interest. What am I going to pass on this week? I really didn't know what I was going to pass on the sake, I'm not going to lie. Um, let me check Twitter and see if there's something that's going to upset me. If I look and see. There's always something stupid happening on Twitter. Trust and believe. 
The Mario, the, the, okay. Me not knowing words. Wow. What is this going to be like? So, the trailer for the new Mario movie came out, and, look, I'm going to be honest and say that I'm not going to watch this movie, because most animated movies that come out are not movies that I'm interested in. Most movies that come out, are that are animated, aren't good for the most part like there are obviously exceptions like turning red and Encanto and many other movies like that but there are other films that have come out like trolls if you ever watch um Shafilra productions I'm probably saying that wrong but they do a really good there's a really good youtube channel that talks about animated movies for the most part especially dreamworks movies and like breaks them down and talks about why they're bad like Ray and the Last Dragon as much as I love Kelly Marie Tran that movie was one of the worst movies, anime movies that have ever come out. It was just bad. It was not good. It wasn't good. There wasn't anything that was really redeeming about it, to be perfectly honest. And I'm not going to watch this Mario movie because obviously it's I'm not the target audience for it. I'm not interested in it. There were a lot of people that wanted to watch the Minions movie, but I think that's because like there's a rapper by the name of Yeet that made a song, and a lot of people were watching it ironically. Um, I will not watch anything ironically because to watch a movie you have to spend money. I don't spend money ironically. I spend it literally. You want me to go see something and spend my money and spend my time in a place for like the joke? For laughs? For what? Do it for the vine? I don't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I can't do that. I'm not that kind of person. If I were to go, if I were to go see something with a friend, sure. Like, I went and saw the second Sonic movie with a friend of mine. I hadn't seen the first Sonic film, really. I, I just guessed what this was about. And, like, I'm not gonna lie. The second Sonic movie is pretty good. But, honestly, usually animated movies aren't my thing. Except Intergalactic. Intergalactic is my thing. If you don't know what Intergalactic is, it is Kid Cudi's feature film on Netflix. I have talked about it on the podcast several times. Several, I've talked about Kid Cudi several times on this podcast, and I love him dearly. I hold him close and dear to my heart. He recently did Hot Ones, which I can't wait to watch because Hot Ones is honestly one of my favorite things to watch on YouTube, and I know he died doing that challenge. And I could never do that because I'm not, I like spicy things, but I don't want to eat, I like spicy things, but I don't want to die. You know what I mean? Like, if you give me the last dab, I will absolutely just like. I would pay someone, I would give you like a million dollars to not have a glass dab. And I don't even have $500. <laughs> like, I would, if it's maybe choose between eating a glass dab or like holding a snake, if I had to pick between eating a glass dab or like jumping in like a tub full of roaches, I'd probably eat the last dab. I'm not going to jump in a tub full of roaches, I'm going to be honest. But like, you can understand how it would come to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not for me. I'm not gonna lie. And yes, I'm very excited to see Intergalactic, though. I think that <sighs> I love Intergalactic. I can't wait to watch it. I'm kind of nervous because, like, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be honest with you guys because we're friends. Kid Cudi was hyping up so much. I was kind of like, I hope this is good. I just hope it's good. I just hope it's good. And it's be it's better. It's better than expected. 
I'm going to make a reaction video to it, and I'm going to upload it. It's going to be so great. But, like, at the same time, I'm very excited to, like, watch it. I'm very excited for Kid Cudi. He also said he's retiring from music, which makes me sad. But I understand. I understand he's going to move on to other things, which is fine. Because he's a really good actor. And a really good writer. And obviously great at making films and directing. So he has a creative mind for it. So, you know, I'm just excited to see what else is next for him. I think it's really great. And I'm so proud of him. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited, y'all. You guys don't understand, I genuinely love that man. Like, I love that man. Kid Cudi, he knows. Um, I would also like to say I'm excited for Daredevil to come back. Daredevil is one of my favorites. Favorite superheroes ever. I also hope Daredevil's going back. I want Jessica Jones to come back. I don't want the Punisher to come back because John Berthnall had Shia LaBeouf on his podcast. So I think that John Berthnall should stay making his podcast since that's what he's supposed to do. If that's your job now, you can just do that. You don't have to be an actor. We're making a podcast now. I think less men should have podcasts and more women should have podcasts. That's what I believe. That's what I hold dear in my heart. And I hope you will agree with me. In that sentiment. Because let's be honest. Do we really want to listen to more men? Less men. I think less men will make the world a better place. And the other day, I saw Fresh and Fit. And my YouTube recommended. And I was like, YouTube. Be for real. Look at me in my face and tell me that I am Fresh and Fit's demographic. Do I fit in the demographic? Absolutely not. You got me all the way messed up. You got me bent over backwards. Be real. Me? Me? me, me. And Fresh Fits? Absolutely not. Sorry. Nope. No thank you. Thank you. No thank you. Oh, I also want to say um, Amsterdam is a film that came out and it was terrible. And this is one thing that pisses me off. This is the last thing I'm going to talk about, then I'm going to sign off for the podcast. This is the last thing I'm going to talk about, then I'm going to sign off, I promise. Okay. Amsterdam is a film directed by David O. Russell, who has his own story past of being an abusive buttface. And it stars Christian Bale, uh, John David Washington, Margot Robbie, Chris Rock, Taylor Swift. The fact that I remember that Chris Rock and Taylor Swift are in this movie, <sighs> it's moving past that. Basically, with um, Amsterdam, I have no idea what this movie's about, but it's just one of those movies you see, and like the name, and the cast of it, and like the trailer looks interesting enough for you to be like, let's watch it. Let's give it a shot. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't give it a shot. You shouldn't watch it. Because it turned out that was bad, but you could have already told that was bad. There are a lot of films because I've been going to movies again, there are a lot of movies that I see trailers for, and I'm looking at it, I'm generally like, this is not going to be good. Like, Triangle of Sadness, I feel like that's going to be really, really good. I really feel like it's going to be great. Movies like Babylon and Amsterdam give me, like, Murder on the Orient Express. Like, you have a really good cast, and the premise seems okay, but the follow-through is just absolutely disappointing. Like, Death on the Nile. It looks like a good movie, sounds like a good movie, in theory. You know, the concept is interesting enough, but when it comes to, you know, making the movie and putting it out, it's bad. Kind of like with Don't Worry Darling. Like, I watched the Don't Worry Darling, but I'm going to be honest to say that, like, when I watched it, it was me and, like, a couple in the theater. So, you know, 
But Don't Worry Darling is essentially like Stepward Wives meets Get Out. And if you don't know what Don't Worry Darling is about, it's a film where this young couple are part of this thing called the Victory Project. And the men go to work every day, the women stay at home, and they're like taking care of the house, they're cleaning, everything like that. And the Victory Project, they don't really know what it is or what it does, but it's something mysterious, it's something that's going to help change the future and bring a brighter future. And it's basically like a social experiment. And as you continue to watch the movie, you obviously see this things wrong. And it's giving like psychological thriller elements of it. But I think there are certain concepts in the movie that weren't well thought out. I think there are certain things that like are left kind of like unsaid or not really like really just expanded upon it really just thought through um could it do with the sequel sure to explain more things in the movie could it have been longer i feel like that would have helped the plot but i'm not sure i feel like the concept would have been better suited for someone who doesn't want to just write the movie and have like just this one general idea but maybe a second writer would have really helped the film i think you know just like a little more research i feel like it was there it could have gotten it could have gotten to where i was trying to go but it didn't really get there you know what i mean like i tried its best but it just kind of fell short it was entertaining i liked watching it it was interesting in some parts but the parts was just like this is a little too abstract for me. Can we be a little simpler? Can we just say what we want to say? Say what you need to say. Say what you need to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Guys, thank you so much for listening and watching the podcast. I did live stream this on Twitch, as I usually do. So, you know, if you want to view this in real time, Follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash M-A-N-I-K-A 3000. Again, that's twitch.tv forward slash M-A-N-I-K-A 3000. Uh, I'm your host, Monica. Feel free to subscribe on YouTube. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. A, po- a Patreon is coming soon. So be on the lookout for that. And follow us on Twitter as well. As well at been meaning to pod. Follow us on Instagram I've been meaning to. I think that's our Twitter. It'll be in the description. And all of JJ's links will be in the description as well. Shout out to JJ for being a part of the pod. I really appreciate it. And shout out to you for listening and watching and being part of it as well. I love you. Thank you. And I'll see you guys next week in another episode. Okay? Bye! Alright, guys. I'm signing off. <laughs>